Well, last time we began reading the letter of Jude, 25 verses, 25 verses just before the last book of the Bible. I told you last time, you, you go to Revelation, that last book, and you take a left, and there you are in Jude. 25 verses, it's, it's brief, it's short, but Jude is hard for the church to hear. And it's what he says and how he says it. A couple of reasons why it's hard. It's the content, which some of it's just frankly odd. And we'll see some of that today. But the things which are not odd, they're laid out there. And they're hard. They can be hard to hear. But as I've pointed, to us, pointed out to us before in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're reminded that all Scripture is God-breathed. And if we believe that all Scripture is God-breathed, then we know that the Lord has a purpose for His people to hear this letter of Jude. He has a purpose and He wants us to hear it. And in the first four verses last time, Jude has been warning the church that certain people have, have crept in unnoticed, ungodly persons who turn the grace of God into indecent behavior and deny the only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. The idea of wolves in sheep's clothing. And, and I was a fan of Looney Tunes. I don't know if you were a fan of Looney Tunes, but if you remember the one where, where Wile E. Coyote puts on the sheep's costume and goes out into the field and he gets stomped by the sheepdog. In the same way, in real life, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. But tragically, it doesn't work out in funny ways, it can be tragic ways. This morning we pick up in verse 5, and Jude says this. He says, Now I want to remind you, though you know everything once and for all, just so you know, I mean, you, you know this. I'm reminding you, but just so you know. I want to remind you, though you know everything once and for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. Even though you know, Jude is giving the church a reminder, and we will see Jude give three examples in biblical history of God's judgment. And in verse 5, he talks of unbelievers in the wilderness. The Lord dealt with unbelief after bringing the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. Brings them in the wilderness, and, and, and here's the thing. The word for Lord... The word for Lord here is not the standard one we usually see. The New Testament word that we normally see for Lord, as in Christ the Lord, in the biblical language, is the word kyrios. And this is why I'm telling you this. You may have heard someone say kyrie eleison in Latin. That's that, that speaking about Lord. And if you see Lord throughout the New Testament, you're going to, it's probably going to be that word kyrios. But this is why I bring this up. Here it's different. The word for Lord in the original language is Jesus. Is Jesus. Is Jesus. In fact, if you're reading the ESV, depending on your translation, verse 5 would read this way. Jude would say this, Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. 
that's hard to hear. Right? That's, granted, that's a tough thing to hear. Why is that hard to hear? Well, it shatters the Sunday school picture that we have of Jesus. My Jesus wouldn't do that. He loves everybody. And thanks be to God that he does. But Jesus came to deal with sin. And, and, and Jesus is Lord over all. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over all. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 tells us that, that the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. Amen. Jesus is, is Lord of all. And He was there in the beginning the firstborn of creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus was there in the wilderness with Moses, with Israel. And Jude tells us that Jesus addressed their sin of unbelief. Well, what's the problem with unbelief? Unbelief says a great deal. The Lord brought these people out of Egypt. He has rescued them, and then they grumble. Confession time. I love the Lord, and the Lord has saved me, but sometimes I grumble. Sometimes I'm ungrateful. Maybe you're not, (laughs) but sometimes I am. And in the same way, This continued grumbling, the Lord has led them through, has rescued them, and these folks grumble, and they go as far as to create an idol, a golden calf. In their impatience, maybe you've never been impatient, I have. In their disappointment that things wouldn't perhaps look the way they thought it should, I can relate to that. Maybe you can too. They cast belief in something else. And we are tempted to do the same. Now, we wouldn't dream of melting down gold and creating a gold-plated statue. That's nuts. We wouldn't do that. But we would follow an object of our own desire and choosing. And in fact, it may not be an object, but it would be a noun. And if you remember from school days, school days, the dear old golden rule days, a noun is a person, a place, a thing, or an idea. And we are tempted to make idols of people. We're tempted to make idols of places in life or career. It's not only idols of things. Not only idols of things but we are even tempted to make an idol out of an idea or a fantasy. And this challenges Jesus as our Lord, as our boss. This challenges how we follow Him. Just so you know. That's what Jude's saying. Just so you know. And as I told you last time, Jude is hard to hear. And Jude Jude gives us another reminder of God's judgment in verse 6. 
Angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper dwelling place. These, the Lord has kept in eternal restraints under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Wayward angels. Wayward angels. They, they've gone somewhere where they did not belong. They've been doing things that they never should have done, and now they cannot get back. To what is Jude referring? Well, Jude points us back to the Old Testament, to Genesis chapter 6. In Genesis 6, we read this. Now it came about when mankind began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were being born to them, that the sons of God, these heavenly beings, saw that the daughters of mankind were beautiful. Make note of that. And these heavenly angelic beings, they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. The women didn't have say-so. These heavenly angelic beings forced themselves on these women, took them, and made them wives, whomever they chose. These women were beautiful, and in the original language, beautiful... It's the same beautiful, which is interesting, which describes the fruit of the tree in the Garden of Eden. These women were sources of temptation for these sons of God who were not born of women and they weren't born of earth. And they forced themselves on these women. We're mostly adults, so we know what, we know what that means. Matthew 22 Jesus responds to a trick question from the Sadducees regarding widows and multiple marriages and the resurrection. And Jesus says, In the resurrection, persons neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Angels in heaven are not supposed to marry. And they're certainly not supposed to force themselves on earthly women unwilling partners, and they're not supposed to produce offspring, but here's what happened. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, the sons of God, they, they've come into the daughters of mankind, they've born children, they've bore children to them, and they're referred to as the Nephilim. And that word means fallen. These sons of God, these fallen angels, they're disobedient, they did not keep to their own domain. They married. They, well, they did more than just marry. Forcibly had relations with these women. They married them. They sired children. They abandoned their proper dwelling place. They abandoned the Lord's plan for them. They abandoned the Lord's design for them. And they abandoned the Lord's function for them. And these wayward angels, they've gone somewhere where they did not belong. They, they've been doing things that they never should have done, and now they cannot get back. And as a result, the Lord has kept these wayward angels in eternal restraints under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Jude gives a third reminder of God's judgment. Verse 7, 
just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these angels indulged in sexual perversion and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Jude points us back to Genesis, this time in Genesis chapter 18, when the Lord says, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. In Genesis 19, we read of two messengers, two obedient angels, and they go to Sodom one evening. And there's a man there named Lot. He's sitting at the city gate. Lot sees these two strangers, and he stands up to meet them. And then he bows his face to the ground. Why? He realizes who they are and what they are. And he invites them to his home, and these these strangers say, no, we're going to spend the night out here in the public square, out in the open. And Lot says, you don't want to do this. Come to my home. And so they follow Lot to his home, And in verse 4 we read that the men of Sodom, both young and old, interesting that that's there, both young and old, they surround the house. And they call to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may have relations with them. And again, as we're mostly adults in this room, We know what that means, don't we? Lot goes out to the doorway and he shuts the door behind him and and he says, do not act wickedly. Calls them brothers, actually. But these men of Sodom say, get out of the way. And they press hard against Lot and they move forward to break down the door. But these two strangers, these angels... They reach out their hands, they bring Lot into the house, they shut the door, and then they strike all the men who were at the doorway. They strike them with blindness. And the next morning, the Lord rains brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. In Sodom and Gomorrah, we we see improper indulgence. And that's really a nice way of saying all that. In the same way as the wayward angels were following a forbidden path in in verse 6, with these men in Sodom, there's sexual perversion. There's the pursuit of strange flesh. There's a departure from the natural created order. In the same way, Jude says in verse 8, in the same way these people also, these, these ungodly ones, Dreaming, which is an interesting word. Dreaming, they defile the flesh, they reject authority, and they speak abusively of angelic majesties. In the same way, as the unbelievers in the wilderness, as the wayward angels, as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, these ungodly ones, while they're dreaming... You know, daydreaming is a, is a good, can be a good thing. A lot of great ideas come out of daydreaming. But sometimes when dreams are left unchecked, when you dream, when you make believe, 
you can forget reality. For, for instance, when I was four or five years old, I had two life goals. I wanted to ride the Friday morning garbage truck and wear the hard hat. Every Friday of the summer, you know, summers back then were endless, weren't they? Every Friday morning I'd run down there to meet the garbage truck. And here they wore the hats, and it was awesome. That made my day. I also wanted to be Batman. I'm all about Batman. I wanted to be Batman. And, and, and realistically, I could have become a sanitation engineer. And actually, there's probably some, uh, there's some ways that ministry is not unlike sanitation engineering. But, Batman, I'm not the world's greatest detective. I don't have the resources of millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. You remember Adam West from the TV show. I don't have those resources. I don't have the Batcave. I don't have the utility belt. As the Joker would say, where does he get all those wonderful toys? I don't have the Batmobile. Batman himself said, chicks dig the car. <laughs> We don't have the utility belt. We don't have the, the Batmobile. We don't have the Batcave. I've, I, I've never climbed up and down the side of a building on a bat rope. As much as I might want to be Batman, I'm not. What would happen if, if I took a rope and I tried to swing off the top of one of the buildings in downtown Roanoke? Dumb and disastrous things can happen when one attempts to bring make-believe to life. Dumb and disastrous things can happen when one attempts to bring make-believe to life. And these ungodly ones who live in a make-believe dream world, they defile the flesh. They, they reject authority. They speak abusively regarding heavenly things. And then Jude says something really strange. In verse 9, But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Well, that is a bit of a head-scratcher. That's just, as we say back home, that's just plumb weird. Think about this. There are things about the life of Jesus which we don't know. For instance, we know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And we've probably all heard the story about Jesus when he was age 12, when he went into the temple to teach. But there's a lot of years between that. There's a lot of years between Bethlehem and the temple for Jesus. Scripture doesn't tell us about those years. And in the same way, there are events involving persons related to our faith, like Moses. Moses is a father of our faith. Events for which we don't have information. Scripture does not elaborate. 
other writers may weigh in. Other commentators may chime in and weigh in and have an idea about this, that, or the other. But that's not Scripture. Again, there's nothing wrong with speculation, but it's not Scripture. And what God-breathed Scripture does tell us is that Michael is an archangel. He first shows up in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, he, he shows up twice, only two times. The first time in this verse, in Jude, and the second time, we see him one more time in Revelation 12, where we read that there is a war in heaven, and Michael and his angels are waging war with the dragon. And the great dragon is thrown down. The serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, the serpent is thrown down to the earth as well as his angels thrown down with him because they fought with Michael the archangel and the other angels. But that's all that Scripture reveals to us about Michael. That's all, that's all that we know. All that we know of the death of Moses is from Deuteronomy chapter 34. Moses has, in essence, passed the baton of leadership to Joshua. Joshua will lead Israel into the promised land. Moses is unable to go because of his disobedience, which we read about in Numbers chapter 20. Moses goes up to Mount Nebo, and the Lord shows Moses all the land across the Jordan River. All this land which would go to the nation of Israel. And the, and the Lord says to Moses, this is the land which I swore to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You know, God is a God of faithfulness. He swore that to, to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not go over there. Even for Moses, disobedience has a cost. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, we read, died there in the land of Moab in accordance with the word of the Lord. And in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 6, we read, And the Lord buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, but no one knows his burial place to this day. I've wondered more than once about this. The Lord pays the ultimate respect to Moses. The Lord himself, God himself, buries Moses. Because Moses is his servant. Even in Moses' disobedience, the Lord shows singular care for his servant, even in death. And regarding this incident with Michael the archangel, Moses and the devil, Scripture does not present the entire event. Jude tells us that Michael, when he disputes with the devil and argues about the body of Moses, Michael does not dare pronounce against the devil an abusive judgment. But he says, the Lord rebuke you. What we can infer from this Scripture, I think, is the following. Even angels 
even archangels themselves take care how they speak. Even to the devil himself. And that's a huge lesson for us. These ungodly ones who defile the flesh by their choices, these ungodly ones who reject authority in the form of biblical wisdom shared with them, in the form of redemptive conversation, these ungodly ones reject authority. They reject what Scripture says. There's a rejection of hearing the truth. And these ones, they speak abusively toward those who attempt to provide them with godly counsel. And when these ungodly ones do these things, they are, in essence, cursing heaven itself. Wow. These ungodly ones dare to say things even angels would not. They go where even angels fear to tread. Hmm. Just so you know. I told you that Jude is, Jude is hard to hear. Jude is hard to hear. But these people, in verse 10, they disparage all the things that they do not understand. And all the things that they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals, by these things they are destroyed. These ungodly people, they disparage, they belittle, they disregard learning about the things of God. It's like they're saying, I would rather not understand because then if I start to understand, then I'm accountable to follow in obedience. I have to be responsible then with my knowledge. I can't say, I didn't know better. I would rather go by my primal instinct you know, like an animal. What happens to wild, rabid animals? Here it is. When children start learning about Jesus, we teach them about His love. Amen, absolutely, as we should. There's a warm fuzziness to it. A friend of mine compares it to a teddy bear or Santa Claus. And, and for, for children to visualize God's love, absolutely. Absolutely. But so often, adult folks want to only see Jesus in that light. There, there are folks who profess faith in Christ who seem to be afraid of learning more about the one they say they follow. We hear things like, well, Jesus wouldn't judge. He wouldn't say this or He wouldn't do that. He loves everybody. And He does. Thanks be to God that He does. But He came to deal with sin. And Jesus is Lord over all. And if He's Lord over you and if He's Lord over me, He has expectations. You know, there are ones that would say, I would rather not understand what's expected of me 
Because then if I start to understand the things of God, then I'm accountable to have to follow. I'm accountable to have to follow in obedience. I have to be responsible with my knowledge. I can't say, well, I didn't know better. And as your pastor, as a pastor, I owe it to all who would listen to hear what this says. It's hard to be obedient. But friends, we've been given the very best model in obedience. You know that? In, in, in His own obedience to His Father, Jesus graciously came to deal with your sin and mine. Through His death on the cross. And He came to be Savior. But for Him to be Savior, He has to be allowed to be the boss. He has to be allowed to be Lord. Just so you know. Pray with me. Lord, words, words we read, words we hear in a, in a book which is so rarely read, so rarely studied, but Father, you have included it for your glory. And Lord, things here we don't understand in full. And there's a lot about life and relationship which we don't know. But Lord, you've given us your word for a start. So Lord, help us to, to see it for what it says. Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, help us to be able to have, as Jude talked about, mercy, grace, and peace multiplied in our lives as we engage these words and we engage those lives around us for your glory. Lord, you know where each of us are today and you know what each of us hears today. So Lord, speak to our hearts and lead us in the way that you would. In your son's strong name we pray. Amen.